Hello, nosy neighbors. This is Mary. And this is Kylie. And you are listening to Sipping with Snapped, a true crime podcast. There are three states after tonight that we have not gone to. No so I'm going to quiz you. way. Okay, that's fine. Do you know what N-E stands for? Nebraska? Yes. How about K-S? Kansas? Yes. And I-A? Iowa. Yeah, you got them. Well, I'm impressed. Look at me. 100%. Gold star for you. I'm glad we didn't do like capitals or anything more extensive. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had to look up Iowa because I was like, is it just I-A or is it? It makes you think it would be I-O, but it's not. Mm -hmm. What's Illinois? I-L. Oh, right. Right. And Indiana's I-N? Right. Belly on up to the bar there, people. Yeah. Nosy neighbors. Exactly. Gather around, pour yourself drinks. Speaking of what you sipping on tonight. Well, I have a fun fact first. Ooh, I love fun facts. So New Orleans or New Orleans, uh-huh. Louisiana, yes. is considered to be the home of the very first mixed drink. No way. I believe it. That's the statement I believe. This drink, this so-called mixed drink very first mixed drink is called the Sazerac. Ooh. S-A-Z-E-R-A-C. I had to look it up and listen. Yeah. So it's Sazerac. Uh-huh. Fancy. And the story goes that back in 1838, a Creole apothecary invented the Sazerac in his shop. Oh. They, unquote, mm-hmm. say that he served it after hours, like after work hours, in an egg cup that in French is called a... C-O-Q-U-E-T-I-E-R. Cocktier? Cookty. Cook. Cookty. Cook. Cook. C-O-Q-U-E? Yes. Cook. Cook. Tea. Cook tea. And that morphed into cocktail. No way. Oh, that's cool. So I've never wondered where cocktail came from, and I wish that I had. Because it's French. Yes. That makes sense, because cook. C-O-Q-U-E is cock. <laughs> it's oh, really? a literal translation. So they did Cook-tea. it in egg tart and things, so they're literally just doing it in... Yeah, wow. the egg cup. The Sazeric recipe mm-hmm. is one cube of sugar, one one-half ounce of either whiskey or bourbon, Yum. a fourth ounce of ab- absinthe. <gasps> absinthe. Yeah. How do you say that absinthe. word? Absinthe. Absinthe. Just looks like you shouldn't put it in your mouth, you know? Like this little lining. What's the lining of um, walls? Wallpaper? No, the inside stuff that's pink. What's that Pink Panther home stuff called? Here's what I found. I'm probably way off and nope. this is easy. That's not it. It's like home insulation, but it's not. Insulation. insulation. Yes, that's it. Insulation. I don't know. That's what I think of. Okay. Three dashes of bitters uh-huh. and a lemon peel for garnish. Ooh, I And love it sounds kind of like an old-fashioned because a lot of those ingredients are old-fashioned. Yeah, just the absinthe is different. Like the sugar... The bitters. Yeah. Oh, and you serve it over ice. Yes. Oh, yeah. So we're doing whiskey tonight. I love it. I love the thought of a sugar cube just like getting dissolved when you put warm whiskey on it. Oh, there's something that just makes me go, oh, hold my garters. What is it like? Oh, my stars and garters. (laughs) Are you inventing that? Uh, All right. (laughs) So we're going to New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans or New Orleans, however you want to say it. Sterling J. Rolt. I think it's Rolt. Mm R-A-U-L-T. Or it could be Rault. (laughs) 
Junior was born in 1951, and he grew up in the New Orleans area. Uh-huh. Sterling was an outgoing and likable man who became an accountant. Oh, yes. The name like Sterling, you gotta get a business job. Absolutely. Business degree. He married his high school sweetheart, and the pair had two children. Mm-hmm. In 1973, so he was about 22, he and his wife lived in Laurel, Mississippi. Laurel, Remember Laurel? Mississippi, yeah. We covered a case there. Yes. Episode 63. Go back and listen to you. Daisy Keaton. Yes. Another Daisy. We've got some... Daisy's not as sweet a name as you might think. <laughs> and he worked in Laurel, Mississippi for a Masonite corporation, and he did so for eight years. Nice. So he was their finance dude. Financing. He was financing. Early in 1981, Sterling was caught embezzling money from Masonite. Ooh. He stole around $166,000 in 1981. Dang, he was financing good and then not good. Using the inflation calculator. Uh Uh-huh. What is it? It's equivalent to $553,996.42. Like half a million bucks. Over half a million dollars. Bang. With this money that he embezzled, he bought a large house. He added a swimming uh-huh. pool. He took extravagant vacations. Oh, I believe it. Those people that embezzle it, they spend it because they know any day could be gone. Yes, somebody found out about this. Uh-huh. So he repaid the entire sum and was never prosecuted. Wow. I feel like that happens yes. when they're like... We kind of let you get away with it for 10 years, so just, like, pay it back, and no one's any of the wiser. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. And he managed to keep his embezzlement a secret from his family. No way. And he kept it out of the news. Wow. Nothing ever happened. That's crazy. So the other face of the case was Jane Ellen Franconi. Mm -hmm. F-R-A-N-C-I-O-N-I. Franconi, you think? Yeah, Francioni. Or Francioni. Yeah, it could be Francioni. She was born in 1961. Mm-hmm. I looked and looked and looked for a birthday. There was none. Yeah. Her family and friends called her Janie. Oh, I love when it's a little girl name. Or little, well, Janie. I don't know. Sometimes little boy names can be kind of creepy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> true. Janie was the youngest of four children, and she had one sister and two brothers. Mm-hmm. And how did you pronounce it? I liked how you pronounced it. Francioni? Yes. The Francioni family lived in... Gentilly, Louisiana. Gentilly. It's G N T I L L L Y. Oh, <laughs> that is Gentilly. Funny because the French. I know the Louisiana is primarily French, as we know. And yes, uh, the French word. There's a French word, Gentilly, J E N T I L L E, and you can say it the way that you're like doing it. So it's, it sounds like they like spelt it out phonetically you know what i mean oh. like rather uh-huh. like rather than saying like john t they were like john tilly <laughs> john john it tilly sounds like a like a mushing you know <laughs> yes, yes like grassy ass <laughs> kansas oh, <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> it's spelled g-r-a-c-y-a-s-s <laughs> yes. this is john tilly louisiana <laughs> yes well jen tilly louisiana is approximately 30 miles northeast of louisiana uh-huh. i mean of of, of new orleans uh-huh. New Orleans. Janie was described as a happy-go-lucky girl who had lunch with her grandparents every weekend. Oh, that's adorable. Isn't that the sweetest? I love those relationships. Yes, me too. When Janie was 21 years old, she dropped out of Louisiana State University, LSU. Oh. Go Tigers. 
She was like, I realize okay. that their spy, their sporting teams are awful. So, <laughs> actually, Tigers are pretty good. I, uh, sorry, real she time. <laughs> oh yeah, she obtained a job as a clerk slash typist or dash clerk dash typist at Louisiana Energy and Development Corporation, which is a pipeline company, uh-huh. aka Ledco, L-E-D-C-O. Wait, that's a big. That's a still known today, right? I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. And she got this job in April of 1981. Oh, nice. Okay. So she still was using her education. Yes. And she she enjoyed this job so much that she considered going back to school to get her business license. In August 1981, Sterling and his family moved back to New Orleans to work for Ledco. Oh, and he made uh... roughly $28,000 a year as an assistant comptroller. C-O-M-P-T-R-O-L-E-R. Yeah. Comptroller. I know. It sounds so awkward. Did you look up what that is today? Yes. Yes. It, using the inflation calculator, it is equivalent to $93,445.15 nice. in 2020. Yeah, that sounds about right for a comptroller. Yeah, that's almost six digits. Almost six digits. I feel like nowadays he might make six digits. Well, maybe depending on oh. where the location is. But yeah, city true. proper, probably. Within a few months of working at Ledco, Sterling was up to his old tricks. Oh. He was forging the company president's name on checks and depositing them into a bank bank account Mm -hmm. with the name Jerry Jones that he set up. So he has more power to do the same devious embezzlement. Horrible, horrible things. He was one of Janie's supervisors, and he apparently tricked her into withdrawing some cash Mm -hmm. from that bogus Jerry Jones account. Oh, no, so she was part of it. Not knowing. Oh, yeah. Unknowingly. Yeah. It reminds me of um, if you watched Ozarks when he makes um, curly hair Sue make the deposit and is like, now you're an accomplice. Uh, you want to work for me? Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. By the end of February 1982, Sterling has had embezzled roughly $84,000. Wow. Which is equivalent to yes. $262,738.00. Seven cents. Wow, order over a today. quarter of a million. And wait, what was that time frame? August to February. Wow. So half the amount he did at the other place in way less time. Way less time. And Janie had discovered the thievery oh. and threatened to turn Sterling in. <gasps> she was not complicit in his exploits. No. At approximately 5.30 p.m. on March 1st, 1982, mm-hmm. Sterling asked Janie for a ride to the campus of University of New Orleans mm-hmm. because he was taking CPA classes at night. Oh. And being the sweet person Janie was, she had agreed to drive him. Right, like, I don't agree with what you're doing, but I don't believe anyone's going to harm me physically, right? Correct. Yes, but once inside of Janie's white Mustang, Sterling produced a 25 caliber pistol no. and shot her in the abdomen. No, just... Yep, in the parking lot of UNO. No chance. She could have maybe bargained or something. Mm-hmm. Trigger warning. Uh-huh. He then raped her, beat her, wrapped his belt around her neck, shot her another time, and then slit her knife, or slit her throat with a knife. Why? Why does everybody do that at the end? Like, oh my God, that does not be to be the period at the end of the sentence. Sorry, I feel like that the last case we did, they also did that at the end. I'm like, come on. Yeah. After like two hours of the beating and the murder and everything, uh-huh. Janie succumbed to her injuries and Sterling then dumped Janie's body mm. 
on Norlin's east side and set it fire oh. to cover up the crime. Wait, that wouldn't that just draw more attention to it, though? An open flame? Good question. Yeah. Because an off-duty state trooper spotted the blaze uh, and went to investigate. Yeah, it calls people to the scene quicker. Yep. He then saw Sterling running from beneath an Interstate 10 highway overpass. Uh-huh. And he stopped him and questioned him. Oh, wow. So, yeah, did you see the fire? Just run and get away from it. I just don't understand. Yeah. The state, he noticed that Sterling was missing his belt. Mm-hmm. And he reeked of gasoline. <laughs> so, Sterling was arrested. Yeah, like, come on, man. Oh. Well, first, Sterling told the police officer that he and Janie were kidnapped by two masked men. Uh. And one of those men raped and killed Janie. Oh, yes. It's always a masked man. Let me guess, was he in a gang? <laughs> Nolan Swing Gang. Oh, wait. He played the trumpet. It gets better. Yes. Oh, he then changed the story and stated that it was two of his cousins who were long dead. What? And they appeared while he was in a self-induced hypnotic trance. And they said to him, kill Jane. But he was trying to stop the two cousins that didn't exist only for in his brain. What? Does that make sense? Yes. So <laughs> he is pretty much claiming that he had a vision that... Of two cousins that passed. Yes. So it was... said killer. But it wasn't just a vision. They somehow also kind of took control of his body and he had to mm-hmm. try and stop them, but then obviously didn't. Did not. Because... Why? She's gone. Yeah. Later, no. Sterling said that Janie was shot accidentally. What? When... Yes, accidentally, because those same dead cousins uh-huh. appeared and wanted to rape her, slit her throat, drag her around with a belt, and then set her body on fire. What? I mean, what year was this? Uh, 82. I guess this might be the kind of the start of, hey, I hear crazy people. Like, when was mm-hmm. that the peak? I feel like they... When was Sybil a thing? Yes, exactly. Because I believe that a lot of confessions coincided with that sort of so-and-so made me do it. Mm-hmm. You know? And if it wasn't a multiple personality, it was, you know, son of Sam, this dog told me to do it. This guy, my cousins yeah. that I see told me to do it. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Don't blame. Yeah. Wow. Oh, he had one more version of what happened. What? Where do you go from there? He told his uh, defense attorney that... Janie pulled the gun on him, and then she was shot accidentally when they were struggling for the gun. Janie's got a gun. (laughs) I think that's Jamie. (laughs) I know. That's all I could think of, though. But I think of the um, Not Another Teen Movie version where they're making fun of the serenade song. So yes, and then they arrest him. Yes, Mm -hmm. no, they they tackle her. They're like, she's got a gun, and she's there like, she's got a gun. gun. And it's Chris Evans before he's Captain America. Check it out. (laughs) Investigators collected evidence, including testimony from fellow employees observing Sterling and Janie leaving from work. Together. Together the evening of March 1st, 1982. Mm -hmm. They also found three University of New Orleans or New Orleans students who witnessed the two struggling in the in the parking lot. Oh, wow. Janie screamed at the students, asking them to call the police. No way. And one of the students noticed blood on Janie's shirt, uh-huh. and then the car sped away. No. Yeah. DNA was collected from under Janie's nails, and a rape kit was administered. And those vaginal swabs showed seminal fluid, uh-huh. but no sperm. In 1979, Sterling had a vasectomy. Oh, uh uh-huh. So there would be no sperm present. No way. Mm -hmm. 
So he probably also thought he could somewhat get away with this if he could get away. Yes. Because he knew he wouldn't leave Seema behind. Detectives also discovered that in December 1981, a 25 caliber Guardian semi-automatic pistol had been sold to a buyer with a driver's license with the name Jerry Jones on it. Oh, I recognize that. Yep. While searching the Sterling's residence, they recovered a gun box for a pistol, no gun, a box mm-hmm. of bullets, and a Mississippi driver's license with the name Jerry Jones. Yes. Okay. So there are two items. Well, three. That connect. Yeah. To the ammunition retrieved at Sterling's residence. So Sterling was charged on March 19th, 1982 and indicted mm-hmm. for first degree murder. He pled not guilty by reason of insanity. Of course. I mean, he's like, I told you about the bad cousins, don't you see? On March 29th, the trial court ordered a sanity examination, and they found Sterling competent to stand trial. Nice. An evidentiary hearing was held on June 25th, and then the murder trial began October 4th, 1982. And it only lasted four days. It ended on on October 7th. I mean, he's literally got no defense. People Mm -hmm. pretty much saw it happen. And the guy came up on it right there with him fleeing the scene covered in evidence. Uh, yes, in gasoline. And he, uh, his only defense is somebody in my head told me to do it. Yes. Like, yep. no previous any mental diagnoses. And now someone tells me to do it. Mm-hmm. The real Jerry Jones testified that he had known Sterling for... What? For eight to nine years what? when they both lived in Laurel, Mississippi. But he did not purchase a gun in 1981. And he did not open any checking accounts. So his identity was stolen. Oh my god, I didn't know he was a real man. I thought he was fictional too. And I think the owner of the Cowboys is Jerry Joe. Oh my god, I 100% thought he was like, well, I can't be Joe Smith. I guess I'll be Jones. Like, Jerry Jones. I totally thought he made it up. Mm -hmm. Wow. A psychiatrist took the stand and admitted that generally a person under hypnosis will not do something against their moral code and knows mm-hmm. the difference between right and wrong. Mm-hmm. He believed... Yeah, it's ingrained. Yeah, he believed Sterling knew the difference at the time of the crime and he had no prior treatment for any mental disorder. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, It doesn't just spur up... Conven- and if it spurred up, it would be inconvenient. Not conveniently the person that found out your embezzlement. Like, ah, oh, crazy! Yes, yes, yes. The New Orleans jury needed less than three hours to recommend Sterling was to be sentenced to death. Oh, they yeah. found him guilty and sentenced to death. Yep. The jury came to this conclusion because they determined Sterling was engaged in aggravated rape, aggravated kidnapping, mm-hmm. and that the victim was an eyewitness to a crime allegedly committed by Sterling. Uh, so within this trial, is, is that when it came out about his previous embezzlement that they just swept under the rug mm-hmm. yeah so they're like if he gets found out again then he's just gonna kill that person yes. like and obviously he doesn't stop the embezzlement back in laurel mississippi mm-hmm. the guy who like found out and told him like hey yeah his quote brakes were cut <gasps> or his his brakes were cut but they couldn't no way. they couldn't put prove the, it they couldn't yeah. link it that's so hard to prove mm-hmm. wow so, I mean, wow, that just says it right there. Yes. 
Uh, over the next five years, Sterling managed to delay his execution five times. Wow. His appeals finally ran out, and on August 24th, 1987, Sterling was led to the small green room. He blew a kiss and mouthed I love you to his aunt and spiritual advisor, Sister Mary, a Roman Catholic nun. <laughs> uh-huh. He was strapped into the electric chair with eight Ooh. leather straps. The first the electric chair. Of four electric jolts were administered at 12.10 a.m., mm-hmm. and he was pronounced dead at 12.16 a.m. Wow. Yeah, that's a early. I wonder why. I wonder why. Like, just after midnight. Like, mm-hmm. why wait so late or early? To do it, right? Yeah. Like, why would you want to end or start your day like that? Why? I mean, everybody's half asleep. Mm-hmm. He was 36 years old at the time. Wow. I didn't put together how young he was. And he was the eighth person to be executed in Louisiana that summer. And Wow, that summer? That summer. And the 22nd Woo! to be carried out since the Supreme Court reinstated electrocution in 1979. Oh, wow. So they had the back order. <laughs> I think they did. Like, all right, let's get these, let's get these off of our paperwork. Uh-huh. He had a final oh. statement. Oh, what was it? Quote, I would like the public to know that they are killing an innocent man at this time. What? I pray that God will forgive all those involved in this matter. I personally do not hold any animosity towards anyone, though. This country professes to be, quote, one nation under God, unquote. But the death penalty goes against the word of God. Jesus Christ died on the cross in order that all people would have mercy, and we need to start giving that mercy to our fellow man. Into the arms of love of God I go. I love you all. God bless you all. Unquote. He, wow, he prepared a statement. Yes. Maybe his state of execution was prolonged so that he can perfect it. Oh, yeah. You know, set it off to an editor. <laughs> I know there were so many just wow yeah I don't know how you can proclaim innocence when there's so many things against that it. car and one person left and was caught letting them on fire yeah. and I'm wondering if his DNA was found on the belt yeah exactly Came like his it, body. your DNA was found inside her and on top of her and in her fingernail yeah exactly all around mm-hmm. come on Janie's parents this is just a after the fact Janie's parents were married for more than 72 years. Wow, that's amazing. With her mom passing away just last year, two months shy of her 94th birthday. And then her dad just passed a month ago on March 5th, 2023. Right after, and, yeah. Well, it was a year A year after. He was yeah. 95 years old. Wow. So this murder occurred 41 years ago. I'm so glad that they stayed together. Yeah. That's kind of a silver lining because I feel like the death of a child often breaks up a couple. Mm-hmm. When asked, uh, they would each say, oh, I married a, a guy from around the corner or I married a, gr- a girl from around the corner because they lived and Aww. grew up together. Isn't that cute? Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, like, oh, of course. I knew it forever. Mm-hmm. I knew I was going to marry her. It's like, what a cute love story. Oh, I didn't deserve that. She didn't deserve that. Yeah. Well, it was an interesting one. Yes, no, so Louisiana. We get to check LA off our list. I know. I want to go there sometime and have one of their beignets. They look so oh, freaking good. It's it's really fun. Louisiana's really fun. That's a good It is snack time for me, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> I'm going to pack up and head back and have some snacks. Yeah, I will travel safely. Make sure that you listen to your mothers, everybody. And make your choices. Stay nosy. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> 
Thank you for joining us. I'm Mary. I'm Kylie. And you've been listening to Sipping with Snapped, a true crime podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Instagram at Sipping with Snapped. Twitter at Sipping Snapped. Facebook, Sipping with Snapped, a true crime podcast. Join our Patreon, Sipping with Snapped. And if you forget all that, go to our website, www.sippingwithsnapped.com. We've got links to everything. Cheers. Cheers. Logan, say I love you. (laughs) 